You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 461. I have a certain amount of leads I need to get each month, which equals a certain amount of leads, equals a certain amount of deals, equals a certain amount of profit. So it's radio is semi-predictable from what I've seen. And if I put in X amount of dollars, I get X amount of leads, which there is variances in there, but I wanted marketing channels that require less from me to be in there having to do things. I want to be a business owner, not a data manager. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. If you're tuning in today, man, you've got to hear this story. I've got Joe Terrio with me today, also known as Joseph as well. What do you prefer? I didn't even ask you that. You like yeah, it's all good. Uh, don't call me Joseph. I feel like I'm an angel like, and I'm the farthest no, thing like, from it, right? I'm like uh, Christopher. I like Saint, calls yeah, Saint Christopher. Christopher. Yeah, I'm with you. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, we're all set. Joe is fine. I love it, man. So Joe, literally, I can say this is literally probably the biggest success story we have in REI Radio today. Again, we launched in December. Joe was one of the first students that we had, so he's been with us five months. And this story right here and the success he's seen, honestly, is going to shake you up a little bit because, you know, you have students that come in and you give them a roadmap. And again, there's some people like Joe that just get it and they run with it and you step back and go, man, that's how it ought to be done. And dude, this is changing your business, like literally changing your business. So let's get into it real quickly before we hop into the meet. Joe, give a quick background, man. Where are you located? How long have you been in the game? Just kind of give us a snapshot of who you are in your business. Yep. All of New Hampshire, basically we cover, and then north of Boston. So we stay out of Metro Boston, but north of uh, Boston. So Massachusetts, all of New Hampshire, a little bit of Maine is generally the geography. I've been doing it for about six years now. We started out fixing flip, you know, thinking that, I know I left my career as a machinist that if I just did one fix and flip, like that was it. That was what I thought I was going to do, which is rehab houses and what it's turned into now. And there's a legit company with 10 employees and payroll and marketing budget and EOS and traction. It's just like, this isn't what I imagined six years ago. So yeah, it's, so it's you kind of cool. went to, I'm going to be this solo investor, solo entrepreneur to now you're sitting on a team. Right. Now you're moving into leadership and, and how to operate an organization. And you mentioned EOS. If you're new to the game, that's a book that both Joe and I recommend you read called Traction because it's kind of an operating system for how you run your business. So my company's built off of it. Your company's built off it as well. So now you're running this thing. You got payroll. You have literally a little bit of a monkey on your back. So lead generation, having the right marketing channel matters because you're not just feeding yourself and your family. You got payroll to make. You got to continue to, to feed this beast and this machine. So before you stepped into radio as a marketing channel, again, people are always interested. What were you doing prior to that? How were you generating uh, lead opportunities? Yeah. 
the company was built on inherited property solutions and the branding of that and really doing direct mail and being the one that really could speak to the niche of inherited property solutions, right? So it was the direct mail thing. That was one because I could execute there and we would do really high. My uh, cost per deal was real low and my return on investment was real high, right? But I was the guy doing that. So that wasn't scalable. And we were doing, we were putting out the most amount of bandit signs in the area. No one beat me in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, thousands of How many thousands. were you putting out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number, 500 right? a week, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So had a driver, have been doing, you know, guy putting them out, all that. And I started off, my very first deal came from bandit signs. So it was built on bandit signs, inherited property solutions, branding. And we went into text messaging before anyone knew what text messaging was. We were like one of the first Sherpa users. Everyone laughed at me. Brent Daniels laughed at like all the big players laughed at me with text messaging. And now everybody's doing it. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty funny to see. But I hate saturation and I hate competition. So here we are with radio. Absolutely. So of those three, um, before radio, which one would you say you had the most trust in that was giving you the best return? Because people are listening going, okay, I've heard of all those three, but which was your kind of bread and butter, your favorite of those three? Yeah. You know, the texting was really doing well for us, but it just took so much of the team's time with data management. And it's just, I don't know. High maintenance. High maintenance. Yeah. Thank you. It's high maintenance. It's not, um, I don't know, I can't even describe it to put it into words. I mean, I like direct mail, but a lot of people are in, in that space. I don't necessarily like like it anymore. And Bandit Signs, there wasn't anybody doing it at scale either here. So I don't know, I'd have to say text messaging, if okay. anything. You know? But again, that, that game has changed. I've yeah. had the same challenge on the direct mail side in 2018. You said it, I hate oversaturation. I hate when everyone starts to do a marketing channel and then the dollar per dollar return drops. And again, that's why radio I think is so valuable because there's virtually no competition and we're doing everything on our side to preserve it by limiting the amount of people that we teach this because I don't want it to turn into what happened with text blasting with other things as well. And I know for you, that's one of your concerns. Like this is working really well. I don't know how much I want to talk about how good it's been. So I I get it. So let me ask you this question. What first attracted you to radio? Like you heard about it. What were a couple of characteristics you go, you know what? I think I need to execute on this in my business. What was it? Yeah. I mean, I met you and you didn't realize, like we met, but I don't think you really realized what was happening at that time. And I was watching you like a hawk and I caught, you said something about radio and it triggered my radar went up and I was like, radio, I never hear anybody on the radio stations that I listen to except for Than Merrill and his stupid, I know, uh, I'll sell you education classes, right? So, you know, my radar went up instantly when I heard the radio thing from you prior to you even having a class put together yet, right? So that was what drew me in is I knew you had a successful business and I was watching you basically. And once you said you were doing something, I was like, And I remember that. I remember you picking my brain. We were sitting in Brent Daniel's office Mm -hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona. And I remember sitting there in his office and I remember the questions just kind of started coming. And I know it kind of had piqued your interest, but this was before we were teaching anyone how to do it. This was still kind of 
my secret sauce, right? Um, yeah. Something I've been holding on to for like nine going on 10 years now. So yeah. I, mean, I get it. So number one, virtually no competition. That hits you. Like, I don't know anyone else doing it. What might be the second thing that attracted you outside of that initially? Yeah. So the big thing for me was to, I have a certain amount of leads I need to get each month, which equals a certain amount of leads, equals a certain amount of deals, equals a certain amount of profit. So it's radio is semi-predictable from what I've seen. And if I put in X amount of dollars, I get X amount of leads, which there is variances in there, but I wanted marketing channels that require less from me to be in there having to do things. I want to be a business owner, not a data manager and having to go buy data and spreadsheets. And I don't want, that's not where I want to be. So radio was uh, my big goal for 2020 was to do marketing channels that required less manipulation. You don't, you don't want to pick up a marketing channel and pick up another job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. That's what was happening. Like with, with text messaging was I was picking up, a whole, I felt like I was owning well, a text a messaging job. company. You know what I mean? Like data management. I'm not that guy. I agree. The, the phrase I use to maybe best describe radio is it's set it and forget it. Yep. And you and I relate. We know the pain of managing something that requires a lot of maintenance and the burden that that creates on the team. Uh, it becomes a bottleneck. And more than anything, it just creates frustration yep. because you're not going to get rid of those things because as you scale it, it just gets more and more complex and requires more and more management. The thing about radio is you scale it, it doesn't require any work because the radio station is doing all the management. All you're doing is increasing your call volume, which you said was the initial thing you wanted to do. Right. I just need to make the phone ring. I don't want to manage something on the backside that's going to be a pain in the ass. Yep. yep. Yeah, I totally get So somebody's listening, right? So let me ask this question. What was the experience in setting it up? We're talking about the management of it, but scale one to 10, 10 being an absolute time suck to set this up. One being, man, this was pretty simple. Man, shoot the audience straight. How difficult mm-hmm. was it to set up? I mean, you're already, if, like for me, it wasn't difficult because I have, a marketing person on the team. For me, this was like on a scale of one to 10 of 10 being most difficult. This was really like a two or three from a standpoint of actually getting a phone number, setting up in call rail, getting a commercial recorded, like the radio station is going to record the commercial for you. So it's not real hard there. To me, it's relatively simple from a setup standpoint of things is I think it was one of the more easier channels that I've had to deal with, really. Yeah, that was my experience too. Not only is it set it and forget it, again, the work obviously goes on the launch of something. And I have found radio only has one hurdle. There are some things you set up that have multiple hurdles. Really, the only hurdle on radio is the negotiation piece. That's it. You probably agree. Everything outside of that's pretty like administrative. Record your ad, all that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty basic. Yeah, for sure. You know, that that's the setup of it, yes, is the probably easiest part of anything that we've set up. Now, the big question, everyone's listening going, okay, great. It's set and forget it. Sounds nice. Easy to set up. Let's talk about some returns. Like, is Joe actually doing deals on this thing, making any money? So you've been up. Let's just create some context. You started radio five months ago, and you're on how many stations right now? We're on 15 radio stations. One five. So if you're listening, the first thing you would probably tell yourself is, if this guy went from zero stations to 15, this must be working because he wouldn't be launching at that level. 
And then you and I were talking about, you have spent roughly about $25,000 on radio in that time frame. And how much do you have kind of in the pipeline, set to close, contracted, et cetera? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing on that side? Yeah, I can break that down a little bit without getting super into the weeds, but basically 25000 in marketing for you know hard costs. We just ramped back up heavy here in the past two weeks to go in at about $2,700 a week on ad spend. We're at about $145,000 of revenue on the board, not including, I forget how many listings we have, seven or eight listings, like literally listed plus I don't even know how many on the board and weeds in the funnel. Like the funnel is full. Like I just literally, we bought a house today, but buying it for 50, simple, easy breezy, buy it 50, turn around and resell for a hundred. I just got a contract in on Cape Cod today, signed. Yesterday we assigned a deal for 10 grand. I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if that speaks enough volume for it working or not working just between yesterday and today. I think I hear it. So lead volume is strong. Your board's filled up. You scaled this. You spent $25,000. You got $147,000 on the board. And on top of that, you're like me. Not only are you doing the cash offer side, then you have this other revenue side that we didn't even add in on what that's going to equate to, which is eight retail listings. Because like us, if they don't go cash offer, we're going to list the property too. So that's a whole nother revenue stream that's going to be kicking down the pipeline as well. So if you're listing like those results right there speak for themselves. I mean, unbelievable for you to come in five months, do that. And you and I were doing some math and kind of shaking this out. You know, if you lose a deal here or there, but we roughly figure that your dollar per dollar return, that is for every dollar you're spending, you roughly expect conservatively to get $4 back. Yeah, conservative, conservative, yeah. Yeah. And again, that's the most important number. Every dollar I put in this soda machine, how many I'm going to get back And with that type of ad spend, if you're quadrupling your investment, let me just put it that way, that's something going back to your original point, I need to have something I can depend on, something that's reliable. And so for me, one of my favorite things about radio is that it is reliable as well. Now, if you're listening for the first time and hearing about radio, you don't have to be like Joe and (laughs) just go off to the races. That's the way I'm wired. You know, I'm doing the same thing. But know that you can get on your first station really inexpensively. How much was your first station that you got on? I got a little bit lucky if you want the truth. So I tried calling around quite a bit. It turned out we knew one of the large players in the area, one of the large local stations that has 11 radio stations on there. And they were willing to play ball with us. So I got a like full disclosure. I had to work it. Don't get me wrong. But we ended up doing a $3,000 ad spend which was 300,000 QM the first. So that's where you started. That's where we started. was 3,000. Mine, when I started, Joe, was 1,500. And I tell most people that you can start and get that first station somewhere around 1,000 to 2,000 a month. Um, You went a little heavier. You went to 3,000, which is fine. But if you're listening going, dude, I don't have 25 grand, know that we snowball this thing. Yeah. Um, my first station was $1,500 because that was the budget I had at the time for radio going back like 10 years. Well, we spend $27,500 a month. Your goal, you and I were talking about, is you want to take your ad spend up to what? About $20,000 a month is where you want to be? Twenty is what I have on the board that I have to spend basically to make what I need for revenue for the year. If it was up to me, I'd go to thirty. 
but um, <laughs> we're not going to yeah, yeah. It's scalable, man. I that love something that we can invest in and it works and then be like, oh, well, I got to go find something else because I've already hit the ceiling on that. Not with radio. Right. You can go two grand to 10 grand to 20 grand to 30 grand to 50 grand. And then if you want to start going into other markets, I mean, take it up to six figures, seven figures. I mean, there's companies that do that nationwide. It's right. been millions of dollars yeah. on radio. So I love that it's scalable. So I think yep. that's cool. Now, people are listening. Again, I always like to put myself in the uh, audience's kind of seat and they're going, okay, this sounds great. Uh, we're talking about all the positives. Give me the flip side. What has been a challenge or a hurdle with radio? Let's just kind of give the audience like both sides of the coin. What, what was the biggest challenge for you with radio? Yeah, definitely. I know out of that gate, it's no different than putting in offers to distressed sellers, right? And to a certain degree, it's buying, like I had to put it in my mind, I'm buying distressed radio space and I had to take 20 no's to get one yes. And that was the toughest hurdle was I thought like this was going to be easy breezy. I'd call some radio, everyone would be like, yeah, man, let's, let's do business. But that was not the case. And I got a lot of no's, a lot of people laughing at me. And finally, we got in touch, just, you know, something shook out, right? And then, you know, it started to, started to snowball, started to snowball. And now radio stations literally this week alone, and it's Tuesday, I've had three radio stations reach out to me agreeing to my pricing. Agreed. Agreeing to my pricing. have turned, have you they know. not? So if you're listening, I agree with you. The really, if we're being transparent, mm-hmm. we are buying our radio like we buy our real estate at a wholesale discounted price. That's what we teach you, right? We yep. tell you the number to buy that, and then we kind of have to get you to mentally understand that a station will do it because the station does not want you to know that they'll go down to that rate. And so they will. They'll tell you we can't do it. They'll tell you that you're crazy, et cetera. But it's no different than buying real estate because if you were to tell the rest of the world that's not in real estate that we buy houses on a regular basis at 60, 70 cents on the dollar, they'll say no way. That's not possible because they live in a world where you pay retail. And the same as with radio, we have to help our students make that transition to understand just like we do it on the real estate side, we go do the same thing on the radio side. And because we buy it at such a deep discount, that's one of the key things that makes it so profitable. Just like buying a house at a deep discount is what's going to make your profit. You agree with that? Yeah, it's just spot on. You know, one of the radio reps that's, that we're still doing business with, every time I talk to him, he's like, Joe, nobody has got radio at like, he, so if I would have called him specifically, we would, we would have never gone anywhere. I and knew the VP. He was like, nobody, we don't ever sell radio at that price. Like no one calls us trying to buy radio there. We sell them what we want them to pay for radio and they either agree or disagree, right? And then they get on the radio station. You came in and said, this is what I'm paying. Take it or leave it, right? So every time I talk to him, he's like, Joel, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's really funny to see. It really that makes me happy. I mean, that's the secret sauce. That's why I tell people, you have to have something, honestly, like REI Radio. I, I wish I could fully take credit and said, you know, I figured this all myself out. I had some coaches that helped me kind of overcome those hurdles. But you're absolutely right. We are teaching people not only a marketing channel that no one's using, we're teaching people how to do it in a way that it's not been done before, a way that's unique where you picked up stations. And I'm sure that makes you feel good to know I got the best 
rate on radio in my entire market. And I know that because my reps are like, Joe, you got the best rate. That's how you know it's a winning strategy. And that's the strategy that we're helping people do. So if you're listening, you're like, man, I've been hearing about radio. I hear these testimonials coming out now that REI Radio has been up for about four or five months. We got students now like yourself closing deals, making it happen. So the proof now is out there. It's not me talking about how great it is. It's now the students coming in and going, what Chris was saying was the truth. Because again, this has kind of been my secret sauce. And Joe, you and I had talked about this candidly. It's like, we don't want a lot of people to know about it. And people are like, well, Chris, why do you share this? And I go, because I just realized I'm not trying to take over the entire United States anymore. So Joe, I'm not going into your market. I'm not going into other states. I'm going to stay in my market. So if I can help you, Joe, in another market do it, what's it going to hurt me? Because I'm not coming to your territory. So let's kind of share this value as well. But if you're listening, man, the place to start is to book a call. You got to make sure your market is open because we're doing exclusivity per market, particularly depending on the size. It might have one, two, maybe max three if it's a huge city. A lot of these cities only have one or two people. But book a call. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Book a call. Before this is fundamentally all sold out and guys like Joe and I will be on the side talking about how our businesses are doing well, particularly with everything that's going on because of radio. Now, going back, you made a great point. The tables have turned. So you kind of had to humble yourself on that initial call. They don't know who Joe is. You got to fight to get that first rate. And I told you what will happen over time is you'll get branded in your area and then they start knocking on your door. And that's what you're finding now. They're seeking you out. So it's no longer, I'm Joe. This is what I'm trying to do. It's, hey, Joe, what do we got to do to get you on our radio station? Is that what you see is happening? I'll tell you what I see is happening. All right. They want some positivity here. We played in front of 2.4 million Qum last week. Okay. There is a state of New Hampshire has a population of 1.4 million. All right. And we're in there. There isn't a person that I don't meet in real estate. It doesn't say, Joe, if I hear another one of your damn ads again, like everybody we're coming in contact with is like, I had my cousin that does real estate in MASH. She's like, Joe, congratulations. You're on KISS. That's like a 900,000 cube station. Like, and then the radio stations are reaching out to me now saying, we'll give you the pricing. The guy that laughed at me the most at Entercom was like, you'll never get on, you know, the Red Sox station. You'll never get on. Begging me now to get on the radio station with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> hounding me, hounding me now. I laugh is because I experienced all this myself on my own. And now it's so good to share it with someone like you because now I'm like, I know all this and I've went through it and I'm just laughing because now I got someone over here and I'm watching, I'm going, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And if you heard like cumes or whatever, all we're talking about is the listenership. And when he says over 2 million cumes, let's just put it this way. That is a lot of people hearing that ad. And dude, the amount of branding that you're getting for your business, the celebrity status that you're moving to in your area where people are like, Joe, I heard you. You got to understand. And I don't know, here's the next thing you're going to experience. You're getting a little bit of it now. It's when all of a sudden everyone starts to elevate you to celebrity status. And they start to act a little bit differently around. I'm telling you, that's the next thing that's coming down the pipeline, Joe. Because it's like everyone knows who you are. And it's no different than the attorney that we all know on the radio that when we see out somewhere, we're like, oh my gosh, that's that attorney I hear. It's just, it's happened psychologically in the mind. And that's what you're creating. And I don't know that you can put a price tag on that type of branding. Now we're getting into 
what Coca-Cola and right. Apple and these companies have done so well at a global level, you're starting to do that at a local level and really create that branding. So last question, kind of wrapping up, Joe, if somebody's listening, what's kind of the last thought you would leave them with if they're like, man, should I make a decision on this? Should I move forward? Like, what, what would you tell them? I think we've said enough, but yeah, just to I mean, If you're in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, don't do it. Stay away from my area. Let's just put that out there because that's the kind of guy I am. I'll be frank with you. Stay out. And then otherwise, though, you definitely should. It's a channel that is predictable. What's really nice about this, too, is not 10 other people texting them. So generally speaking, if someone calls in from a radio ad, they don't have somebody else that's a professional to service them. You're only you, basically. So it's a really good place to be because even if you hypothetically, I don't like missing calls, but if you miss that call, you get back to them. It's not like PPC, pay-per-click, where there's 10 other people advertising, and if you don't get back to them within one minute, they're on to the next person, right? Here, you're the only one. They're calling you. It's a different style. list-dependent. Everything else is list-dependent. Everyone's battling over a list. I don't care if you cold call, direct mail, RBM, text blast, the reason it's oversaturated because it's just different methods going after the same list. We're right. not list dependent. We're hitting an audience that's not getting touched or untapped. And I'm glad you brought that up because that means it's nice to go on an appointment where I'm not going up against five other wholesalers. So, yep. Joe, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the candidness. I've loved this interview. It's been fantastic. Let me say publicly, dude, I'm super proud of you. I know what your future looks like. When I can see someone like yourself come in, run with this at this level. I know whatever other opportunities you get, man, you're just going to crush it. So man, no telling where you're going to be five, 10 years from now, man. So super proud of you. And so glad this has been great for you. So to the rest of you, again, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, book a call. Until next time, in which we add more value, we will catch you then. Thanks so much. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.